0: This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Second Chronicles fourteen verses one and two says so Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years, and Asa did that which was right was good and right in the eyes of God of the lord his god god bless you you can be seated We're we're gonna take our time through some of this and uh look at victory how many want victory in their lives amen. well you know that takes the battle yeah. amen yeah. now somebody might say well a victory takes the battle i'm not so sure you're gonna have the battle <laughs> the battle is inevitable but uh we want to overcome we want to make it through the battle with victory hallelujah but what we've got to understand is real victory doesn't just happen accidentally or coincidentally, right? There is a way to be a victor. There is a way to be an overcomer. Too often we have seen folks that just kind of get to a place of whining and, and, and just feeling down about themselves and crying out for God's mercy. God will help us, but there's so much more to living for God than, than just kind of dragging through life, hoping God helps you survive another difficult time. Amen. There's a way that God wants us to overcome. Praise God. So I want to look at some things here. Verse 9 of Second Chronicles 14. Verse 9 is the battle. There is an enemy that comes against God's people. Asa is their king. Asa is the leadership of that day of, uh, of, of Judah, of God's people. And um, let's look at this now, but let's, as we're looking at this, try in your heart and your mind. I'm going to try to help you with this, but try in your mind as we read this, recognize the battles that you fight. And when you look and we identify the enemy that came against Asa, came against Judah, you think about the types of enemies that come against you. All right? This is a real natural battle, but it is going to uh, symbolize in our lives a spiritual battle. Amen. We understand that these are just uh, types and shadows of, of how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. and So let's think about that as we read this. So it says here in, uh, in verse 9, And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand, thousand, and three hundred chariots. A thousand, thousand. Praise God. Any, any math scholars in the house? Uh, I, I kind of, let's see, that's not a hundred thousand, that's a thousand thousand. That's a million. Amen? Somebody say that's a big army. <laughs> Amen? There's a, an army of a million coming against the tribes of Judah. Not all twelve tribes now. Just, uh, just the two southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin now, reigned by the lineage of David. David's uh, great-great-grandson here, Asa. And it says that there came out against him this man, Zerah, the Ethiopian. Remember, again, we were talking about that swarm of bees that comes against the child of God. The enemy just swarming against us. Here is a million and three hundred chariots came unto Mereshah. Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Mereshah. And Asa, hear this now, somebody say he prayed. All right. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us. Asa's faith is going beyond his sight now. He's seeing a million-man army and he is seeing all the chariots that are set in array, and he's looking at himself, and he's looking at his enemy, and he's saying, that enemy is more than I can handle on my own. Amen? The enemy is bigger than me. He's stronger than me. And if you're looking at the natural odds of it all, there's no way I come out of this ahead. But with God being for us, who can be against us? Amen? So now Asa prays a prayer of faith and says, There's nothing for you, God, to overcome with a few or with those that are weak. It's not in our might. You don't have to use our strategy and our wisdom and our might, right? That's not how you have to fight battles. You don't, we don't need more strength. All we need is you on our side. Asa cried unto the Lord. Said, Lord, it's nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power, help us, O Lord our God. For we rest on thee. It seemed like a lot of the songs that we sang tonight were about that just trusting in God and letting Him have His help and His aid in our lives. We rest. Amen. In thee, we we have our faith and our confidence in you. That's that's where we're trusting now. It's not in our ability, because if it's in our ability, we know we can't make it happen. Amen. This is a situation that is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, I hope somebody gets some faith tonight for we rest on thee and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. If you can align yourself with God, if you can have a understanding that that your life is about God, then then you can be bold in your prayer and say God Defend your name. Defend. This is, they're coming against you. They're coming against your, my testimony of, of who you are in my life. So, he said, I'm resting in you and God, let not man prevail against thee. Now listen, here's the victory. What a great prayer. Amen. Two verses of faith. Well, rather, just, uh, just that one verse, one long verse. Hallelujah. So the Lord, smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. And they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them and they spoiled all the cities for there was exceeding much spoil in them. That's going to be important here. Hold on now. They smote also the tents of the cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. We uh, refer a lot of times to the wilderness experience that the children of Israel were in just kind of kind of spinning their wheels, basically not really gaining any ground, just going through the motions of living for God. But, And we describe a child of God's life sometimes, and if we're not careful, we can get into that rut of of just not really having any purpose, any direction. And the battles that we fight, if we're not careful, they're not really taking us further in God. And this is God's will. Let's look at this and understand something. In God's will, it does, it, there's never, never this idea that there won't be battles. Okay? Again, I know we don't like that, and sometimes people, no matter how much they read their Bible, no matter how much we preach this to them, that they never really get this idea that there's nothing wrong when you're we're faced with an enemy. In fact, there's a lot right about it. That battles are a part of this life. We're not in heaven yet. And that you can understand there is a purpose in the hardships and the trials. And if you get down to it, praise the Lord, and realize that there are spiritual forces that are attacking you, and there's a purpose in this. Get your eyes off the the, the co-workers and the neighbors and maybe even family members and recognize what the devil's trying to do against you recognize what he's trying to to do in your faith and in your in, in your testimony realize uh what he's trying to hold you back from and and keep you from really accomplishing in God don't get your Don't allow your mind to be so worldly and think it's all about comfort and ease and, and, oh, I'm, I'm just so battled because it's hard to live for God and I have all these problems. Get down and pray about God. What is this really all about? And help me not lose faith. Help me not lose my confidence. Help me not let slip what the enemy is trying to steal from me. So the enemy comes against the child of God. The enemy comes against Asa in this in this scenario and and that do, like i said that does not mean that things are going wrong in fact if you're not making the devil angry something might be wrong amen but when when the enemy comes that's just the, what the enemy does if the enemy's happy with you then you've got problems but look what happens we've got the battle and asa responds to that confrontation first and foremost with prayer Prayer that has faith, prayer that holds on to to the promise, prayer that stands for the honor and the glorifying of God. Amen. He's saying, listen, uh, people are looking at this and don't don't let the enemy tear you down in all this. I'm your child. So before we just have victory, understand something. Real victory carries some some positive consequences. All right. We don't really think of that word consequences maybe as a positive thing, but even even the way that if you just kind of muddle through and try to survive, the end you might say, well, I'm still in church and I'm still living for God. Yeah, but are you stronger? Are you better? Is there something maybe? Listen, this the thing that I told you is going to be important in, in this is not only that that the the devil thought and there was prayer, but when it was all said and done. God's people took some spoil. What it means is, God's people were better after the battle than before the battle. God's people, what you can tell who's winning by who's getting the spoil. If the enemy's taking from you faith, taking from you hope, taking from you your testimony, taking from you your effectiveness in, the, in his ministry and doing his will, if the, then, then you're losing. Don't let the devil win. He cannot win if you don't let him. But there is a purpose in the battle. Oh, I want to grow, but I don't want to have to fight an enemy and spoil that enemy. No, that's the way it happens. You're going to go through some things, and you're going to be stronger. Amen. You're going to go through some things, and you're going to be richer because of it. You're going to go through some things, and you're going to be able to take some things from it that are going to make you better. If you do it right. If you're looking at the battle as a spiritual battle, and not just like everybody else, well, I'm surviving, I'm getting by, I, I'm going to learn probably how to live with this, you know, trouble now. Uh, wait a minute, is, what do you mean by that? Is, has the devil spoiled some things from you? Well, I can live this way now, and I don't really have, have my zeal, and I don't really have my my faith like I once did, and I don't really have my testimony of just how great God is in me, and I don't have that that vision anymore. The devil's slowly taking things from you. Amen. we got to be honest about this. we got to look at this battle and see what the devil is taking from your life. God doesn't lead you into battles. God doesn't lead you into trials without a distinct plan for all things to work together for your good, to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to His purpose. Amen. His purpose is to steal and spoil some things, can I say, from the enemy so you end up better for it. How many times? I think just recently we've had some testimonies here of what God had done in the past. Trouble, trials, even sicknesses. And today your faith is stronger because of what God did. Amen. Different maybe financial difficulties. And you said, you know what, we're going to trust God. We're going to keep on obeying God. We're going to keep on believing God. And today your faith for God to meet your needs and take you through is stronger than ever. Why? Because you spoiled the enemy. But that happens through battles. That happens through difficulties. That happens through sometimes the fiery trials of our faith. So, look what he said. We, they, the, the enemy came. The battle was set in array. The battle was bigger than than they could even imagine they could come against. There was no there, there was no kidding themselves. They weren't going to win without a miracle. But the battle came. Prayer was made, victory happened, and they were better off after the battle than before the battle. Now look what happens in chapter 15. Chapter 15, a prophet comes and begins to speak in the name of the Lord. Chapter 15, verse 1, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa. I, can I just throw this in as this is a Bible study? There are just times in the Bible, you know, we've got great names like Elijah and Daniel and Moses and, and, and men like Paul. But, you know, there's so many more times where people just kind of move on the scene. And I don't know how much their ministry, there, there's no way to tell just where the Bible the way the Bible's laid out, but just, there's sometimes men just come up and they're called the man of God. There, there's a man that, that was used powerfully to, to pray for Saul and prophesy to him when he was still Saul of Tarsus getting ready to be the Apostle Paul, a man who wrote just so much of our New Testament, a man named Ananias. don't really know a whole lot about him before or afterwards, but God just moved on the scene and he did exploits for God. Amen. And this man, uh, Azariah, um, the son of Oded, uh, you don't know a lot about him. You don't see a lot about him. But, but here he is just there ready to be used of God. And God moves on him. And it says he goes out he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek Him, He will be found of you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Now, here is some words after the battle. They're doing good. They're on the mountaintop now. Amen. They got through something. And God says, hey, you keep seeking Me. You keep, keep, uh, keep searching and, and, and living for Me. And, and I'll bless you. But if you stop, if you forsake Me, I'll forsake you. Now, listen now. Verse 3. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without a true God, without the true God, without the teaching priests and without law. Listen to this verse four. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. I want to tell you that God was trying to get them out of this mentality of the cycle of Falling and crying out to and getting judged and crying out to God and getting victory and then going back. It it, it reminds me of the story I told you just a few weeks ago of the nurse that was talking to us about people that that were uh, getting ready to lose their foot because they weren't taking care of themselves and how many people just said, "Just take it off. I'm tired of it. That'll that'll end my problem." And she had to respond to these people and say, no, well, let me tell you something. If you're good with that, but understand that the choices you made to get us here to where we're going to have to take your foot off is going to bring you back and we're going to take your leg off in another year or so. Because just taking care of this today doesn't take care of why we got here. And that's kind of spiritually what was going on? You see it a lot in the Book of Judges. You also see it there again when they're going through the wilderness. You just see that cycle, and then they fall back into that in the Book of First and Second Kings, the books of First and Second Kings 1 and First and Second Chronicles. You see this cycle of uh, of hey, we're 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 doing really good, and then all of a sudden they start looking around and looking at this world and and getting tempted and 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 forsaking God, and then you know what happens? Hey, problems happen. Don't be surprised. God's blessing is pulled away. And that sin brings judgment and judgment uh, uh, brings problems and, and hardships and heartaches. And they cry out to God and God delivers them. They call on him in their pro- trouble. And God is sending the word and saying, don't be like that. Seek me and, I'll, and, and you can find me live for me and I'll bless you. You forsake me, I'll forsake you. He said this is the way it's been for so long he's saying that people just sought me when they were having problems. Oh, help us, Lord. So, praise God. But when they But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. You don't have peace when when God is just your life preserver. You can't have a a foundation in your life and joy when you when, when you feel like you're just one step away from from problems because, you know, you're not really living the way you should be living. Amen. There is there's problems. There's the Bible says the way of the transgressors is hard. Hear me now, the kind of victory that we need in the house of God, the kind of victory we need in our lives and in our homes, is not the kind of victory that just gets us by another time. It's victory that progresses us in our walk with God. Victory that helps us, takes us down the road to where God is leading us. Not that the devil can lead us where he wants to. Not that the devil pulls us down and and gets inroads in our lives. But that God says, you know what? When you're done with this, you're going to learn some things. You're going to be better than you've ever been. You're going to be able to take some of the hardships and trials. And I'm going to use you for that. There's a lot of people that don't want that responsibility. Oh, I'm just wanting to get in the door. If I could be saved, they're not going to be saved. I know that's probably not lining up with a lot of people's idea of being saved. And you say, well, I, I obeyed Acts 2.38. If that's all you got, you've got a talent that you hid in the dirt. And God's going to take it and give it to somebody who worked. God's got a mission. God's got a, a, a direction for your life. And it's going to be through some battles. But those battles you're going to find are going to enrich you and make you better. You're going to spoil some things. You're going to be... Have some things you didn't have before you started the battle. Amen. But the Bible says that in this time that they were living in. That there was no peace for a long time. They weren't getting taught. Did you read that? There was no law. There was no teaching prophet or teaching priest, it says. It's not that God didn't give it. It's just folks didn't have an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying. The Bible talks about a famine that would come into the land. Not of bread and of water but of hearing the word of the lord so he's explaining to asa been a long time see asa came from a time his daddy didn't live for god his granddaddy didn't live for god they were backsliders and evil men and there have been years and years and years god didn't cast them out god didn't throw out his people god didn't just uh bury them but he worked with them he tried to help them he tried to show them mercy he tried to show them goodness to lead them to repentance amen Amen. but the idea that it was just god was their their go-to when they were hurting or trouble that that god was saying this has got to end this there's going to be some victory now but i'll tell you what you're doing now you got to keep doing it amen it says in uh, verse 6 a nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. And he tells Asa and everybody that was listening Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So, this victory that Asa got against a million strong army was not just an accident, was not just a fluke. Let's back up a little bit and go back to our text. In uh, chapter 14, verse 1, let's, let's read those first two verses again. So Abijah, this was his dad. These were all in the lineage, the family of David. David's son Solomon and then Rehoboam, who split the kingdom. And then Rehoboam's son was Abijah, and now we're with Asa. So there was problems even stemming back into Solomon's reign. And Asa steps up. Look what it says. Verse 2. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. you want victory? You want victory when the battle comes. You want sustained victory in your life. Do you want victory that makes the battle have purpose? See, the thing with—I was thinking about this the other day—that I, I don't know. Um, just just how other people see a lot of things. But I, I've been through some some things already with people that have been just. Just horrible. Just, just just, completely crazy. But you know what? No matter how hard it is, no matter how hurtful it is, no matter how difficult it might be, if it gets you to better ground, thank God for it. Thank God for... If we get some things settled up, taken care of, and get some... Some things that were a little wobbly, a little bit, sure. If it's a difficult process, thank God we're heading in the right direction. Amen. What a What a sad thing that people go through hard, hard times and all they got for it is, is another scar. And no lesson, no, no wisdom, no strength, nothing that's spoiled from the enemy. You want to have victory the way God wants you to have victory. Hear this now. It's not just surviving. I will tell you something that it's not real nice, but there's folks in the world going through hard times, and they don't just go to hell the next morning. They just don't die and are lost. They don't just just uh, everything just just... They lose everything. There's people that survive hard times in the world. There's people that survive without the truth that you have here today. But to be able to to spoil some things and be stronger and better, it's going to take something from you. It's going to take... Look what it says. See, before the battle ever happened, before the enemy ever came, before this, can I say... God had an appointment in mind. God knew just exactly what was going to happen. But before it ever happened, Asa had to walk with God. Asa didn't have any reason to walk with God. Asa had every reason to say, I'll be just like my daddy. I'll just be like my granddaddy. And I'll I'll be as evil as they are. But something called Asa to something better. Amen. And the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight, in the eyes of the Lord his God. Listen to this. Verse 3. For he took away the altars of the strange gods. He made some decisions. He did some things to clean house. Amen. Did some things. He got rid, took away some things that were wrong, took away some things that were bad. That's what's going to happen in repentance. Anybody remember back in the day when you said, you know what, there's some things we're going to throw out of the clothes closet. Amen. Some televisions that went out on the, on, on the, on the corner for pickup. Amen. Some things that you said, hey, this isn't going to be in my house anymore. We're going to throw some things out. I know we're way past maybe records and, and, and cassettes, but some things went in the trash. What about now? What about some things in your life that the Bible says lay aside some weights and get rid of the sin that so easily besets you? There's going to have to be some decisions that are made. It don't matter how much you paid for it. It doesn't matter how many people around you are like it and you're, you don't want to be the odd man out. You believe God and get rid of the, the things that are holding you back and keeping you out of God's will got to be that way there's going to have to be some some things where you look at and say you know what this isn't this isn't what god wants in my life and i'm going to repent of that i'm going to i'm going to tell god i'm sorry and 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 it's it's a temptation maybe in your life but you say you know what it's not going to be something that i deal with any longer amen he threw out his strange gods the high places broke them down this is some work this was some labor to clean house, to take some things, some things out of out of his life. Amen. Well, praise God. He he cut down and those things commanded Judah to seek the Lord. That's before we go any farther. And that turn with me to First Kings. Some of this, if you read through First and Second Kings, is uh, is also talked about in these chapters. So hold your finger there if you didn't already lose it. I'm sorry in 2 Chronicles 14, but we're going to turn over to 1 Kings 15. Another place where Asa is talked about. He's also in the book of Jeremiah quite a bit. 1 Kings 15 verse 11 says Asa did and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord as did David his father, but you understand David was his great, great, great Grandfather, I'm not sure if I got that exactly right with all the greats, but you get the idea. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land. How about that for leadership? He said, we're not going to have the Sodomites any longer in the land. Back how many thousand years ago this was, and somehow in God's nation of Israel, where they were supposed to be led by the righteous laws of God somewhere along the line the the sodomites not a very nice word people don't like using that word nowadays but it's still what the bible calls a homosexual followers of that sin of sodom and the bible says that asa said we're going to get the perversion out of this land amen well praise god and he removed all the idols that his fathers had made. These were family things. This was something that was passed down. This was something that was more than just getting rid of some trinkets. This was something that was going to bring some stigma. There was going to be some, some bad feelings. In fact, he goes even farther than that. Listen to this. And also, Maica, his mother, even her he removed from being queen. His own mother had a position of authority in the kingdom, and he said, You're fired. You're not going to be queen in this nation any longer. Why is that? Because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kidron. So... He gets personal. He gets down into his family. He gets down into those that, that, hey, we're not going to have this idolatry in our family any longer. We're not going to have it. I'm not just saying it ought to be. it's good for my neighbor. I'm not just saying it's good. This was a king who wasn't just saying, hey, you need to do this. He was doing it in his own life. Amen. That was something that got God's attention. That was something that meant something to God. Before the battle ever happened, number one, they were taking away some bad things. They were taking away some evil things. They were repenting. Somebody say repentance. Repentance means you're going to change directions. Repentance is more than just saying I want to be saved and I want God's forgiveness. Repentance is a whole lot more than saying, okay, sorry today for anything I might have done repentance is a whole lot more in fact it's a completely different thing than saying you've asked jesus to come into your heart repentance means you've had a change of heart a change of mind you're sorrowful for sin sorrowful for everything in your life that's missing the mark and saying god i dedicate my life to you i'm turning away from a life that is going according to my will and i'm surrendering my life to you repentance as i said it here even recently is is an attitude. It's a state of mind more than just a once and done experience. It's a time where you dedicate your life to God, and that's what we want to look at next. Look at this. In I, I turned away from it here. First, stay with there. The first uh, Kings fifteen, and it says there in First Kings fifteen in verse fifteen, and he brought in the things which his father had dedicated, and the things which himself had dedicated into the house of the Lord silver and gold and vessels. Listen, not only was he removing idolatry, he was removing sinful things, sinful practices, uh, but he he was dedicating some things. Before the battle ever happened, Asa had a walk with God that said, I want to remove the things that you're not pleased with. Listen now. Don't beat yourself up because sin is tempting. Hello? This is the thing that people really have a tough time with nowadays because we just we are so so much lovers of our own selves that we want God to take away the temptation of sin. There's a degree of that that happens, but never 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 100%. And you might beat yourself up and say, "Well, sin is the temptation is it tempts me." understand i understand that but listen you 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 put that out you lay that aside you ask god for help and you got to overcome that sometimes daily amen you got to say no deny yourself take up your cross and follow god but now you also dedicate some things to god you say some things some, you have some some heart to heart talks with god and say now my life belongs to you my home belongs to you. My eyes belong to you. My, my words belong to you. My heart belongs to you. What I listen to, it belongs to you. What I look at, amen. I'm dedicating these things to you. Some things maybe in your life, it might be the things you, you're looking at. You, oh, everybody needs a, a phone and everybody, you know, you need a computer or whatever you might think, but, but is it dedicated to the, to God? Is it something that you can say, you know what, I, I, I don't want it to be a, a hindering, a stumbling block in my life. There's got to be some dedication. There's got to be some, some dedication. You can fuss and you get yourself into this idea, well, I don't think this song's going to send me to hell. And I don't think this show or this, this whatever it might be uh, uh, is, is that bad. Where do folks just dedicate themselves Where are folks that just say, you know what, this part of my life, it belongs to you, God. I want it to honor you and glorify you. Amen. You know what, you'd be so much better off. You know, a lot of things people fuss with about uh, the language that you use. Glorify God. Honor God. Honor God. You know, it's it's all right. I'm not talking about being self-righteous and proud. I'm talking about saying, you know what, I'm going I'm to choose to be a little more conservative than maybe some. And, and I'm not going to let them deal with, with God, but I, I want to glorify God within my life. Amen. So, first Kings 15, not only did he put away the idols and put away the, 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 the sinful deeds that were, but he also dedicated some things. This was before the battle. This was not a man that said, oh, God, if you get me out of this, I promise. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's no peace in that. Because you go back to the same old practices that got you there. It just doesn't work. But here's a man. You want to have victory that gives you the spoil of the battle? Live for God. Live for God with sincerity. Take away the the, the idols and start dedicating. Verse Four there in set back in Second Chronicles fourteen. Second Chronicles fourteen. Verse four. Praise God. It says, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord of their fathers and to do the law and the commandments. Seeking God, seeking God's will, seeking God's favor. Crying out to God before I ever needed him in the battle. I'm saying, God, I need you right now just to hold my hand. I need you in my life to just live this for you. Walking with God before there ever is a battle. It goes on here. Can I I tell you, just moving on here in verse 5 and 6. It says, also he took away out of the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. Stop there just a moment now. Get this idea. There's nothing really pressing on him. He's quiet. Doing good. Feeling good. Amen. I'm blessed. Things are going well. What are you doing? Well, just seeking God. Put away some things that I know. I repented of some things. Just living for God. And things are going good. All right. What are you doing about that? Look what it says. Therefore. Right there at the end of verse 6. Let's back up just a little bit. Because the Lord had given him rest, therefore, right? That therefore is there because it's talking about we've got rest now. There's nothing pressing against us. I'm not really feeling like I'm in danger jeopardy of backsliding. I don't feel like the enemy is really causing me a whole lot of problems. I'm not sure how that that is, really. It's been a while, but I've heard it's pretty nice. But listen, what the Bible says is, during that time of peace, therefore, he said unto Judah, let us build these cities. Getting busy. Not because I feel the threat of the enemy and I have to prove something to God. What's going to happen now? I'm going to fortify my life against the future attack of the enemy. That's what it says here. Look, let us build these cities and make them... Make about them walls, towers, gates, and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord, our God, we have sought Him, and He has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Time to build some things. Oh, everything's going good. What are you doing for God? God. Amen. Well, I I don't feel like the enemy is really breathing down my neck. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? What are you doing for your walk with God? Get stronger. Grow. do, Do things for the Lord. Amen. Because when the enemy comes, he's going to come after some things. Put up some walls. Put up some bars. Get some things settled and established in your life. Now's not the time to get lukewarm and to get lazy. You've got to build up in the time of peace. Bad when people it just seems like there's two extremes the one we've already covered it's just things go wrong that's when we come to church things go wrong that's when prayer is really passionate things go wrong that's when that's when everything is just just i gotta cry out to god but there's other times where folks things are going right and and that that's they're gonna they're gonna just let things slip there's no real dedication. There's no real burden. You've got the time to make some progress, time to, to, to study, to learn, to grow, to build some things, to get stronger, to, to, to build yourself up in your soul and in your faith so that when the enemy comes, but, but on that side of things, sometimes people fail on the mountaintop. How sad. But Asa wasn't like that. Asa said, we've got this time of peace, we've got this time of prosperity, let's build some things up. Let's get ready. Let's get stronger. Let's take this time where we are not under the thumb of, uh, of the devil and let's, let's put our hearts into it. Not because we have to, but because we love God and we know that, that there's, there's a, a, a testimony that the church needs to have a testimony that God's people need to need to shine out in this world and it's not that that hey we got nothing to say or nothing to do because everything's going our way but build and strengthen praise God after all this is when the enemy came now think about it you think they were sorry for any moment they lived for God at that time, you think they're pretty glad they got rid of some idols? When it was time to pray a prayer that says, God, it doesn't matter how many we've got. If you're on our side, a million strong is going to fall. It doesn't matter how many chariots they have. It doesn't matter how strong their, their military is. God, you're going to take care of your people. Don't you think they were glad that they had the confidence to pray something like that? Because there was a walk with the God to back that up. It makes all the difference in the world. That kind of victory brings spoils. That kind of victory, a victory that comes out of a life that has been building, has been strengthening, that has been walking with God, that is sincere, that is real, that that, that is a dedicated life that says, you know what, I came out of a lot and I've seen a lot of problems, but you know what, God's been good to me. That kind of prayer when you're under the attack of the enemy is, is, uh, is a total different ballgame to, oh God, before they come against me, I got some things I need to say I'm sorry about, some things I need to get some things right. They didn't have a lot of time to pull down idols when the Ethiopians were knocking on their gates, right? They didn't have a whole lot of time to, to kick out sodomites and start reinforcing things, uh-uh. All oh, the walk with God that they had before this. And you know what the prophet said afterwards? What was his name? Azariah, the son of Oded. He says, keep on doing this. Keep on strengthening. Keep on building. Keep on, keep on seeking me. And I'll, and I'll be a God to you. God's going to take care of us. Listen. Everything we're facing. Everything we're going through. Everything we're facing. Everything we're going through. If we would walk with God, put our hearts into that. God's plan, God's purpose to take us through. And on the other side, be better for it. There's some spoils that you should have in your life. There's some strength you should have in your life. There's some things that you ought to have that are better now than what they were ten years ago. If you've been living for God for ten years. But that does not happen by a life that is casual, a life that is at ease, a life that is playing church. What happens is this: it's difficult. It's, it's hard to just keep on getting knocked down and try to get back up again. Thank you, Lord, for getting me through it and getting knocked down. You don't get knocked down a whole lot when you've got a walk in a foundation under your feet and God's your strength. Asa's victory was backed up with a dedication to... And a repentance and a life that loved God's kingdom. And if you'll walk with God and you'll live for God and you'll put out the idols, you'll put out the sins, and you'll start dedicating some things to God and making sure your heart is right with Him, the battle's going to come. and It's going to be different than any other time before. Not saying it's going to be easy. Not saying it's 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 not going to have have it's not going to be a battle. A battle's going to be a battle. But it's going to be something that takes you farther and blesses you in the long run. And you'll be able to look back and say, God was with me. And God has taught me some things. God has helped me with some things. God's invested some things in me. That happens when a child of God is walking with Him in a very real, sincere dedication to Him. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sister Katie, could you come, please? Asa was a man just like you and I. Asa was a man who, like I said, could have just made excuses and said well I'd never really had it in my family I've never really had a good example in my life but somewhere along the line Asa got got a hold of God got a got to walk with God There was a dedication in him that made a difference And it made a difference in those around him. This is so much different than so many other places in the Bible. Where the cycle of sin, judgment, crying out to God, mercy, backsliding, sin, judgment... This is something that God wants us to attain. Something God wants us to have. A walk with Him that makes these hard times that you face have purpose. Hallelujah. Times where you don't understand just what God's doing, but there's somebody around you, somebody right there. That needs what you've got. Somebody needs you praying. Somebody needs maybe the testimony that only you have of things that you've faced. God's got a plan in it. Those that are steadfast and unmovable. Those that are, that are walking with God in the, in the mountaintop or in the valley. God's got a plan for your, your battle. God's got a plan for what you're facing there's some spoils that you're going to take when it's all said and done if you'll walk with God oh hallelujah come on let's all stand Asa was a man who was who brought restoration brought revival to the nation of Israel wasn't a perfect man but God used him in a great way because his heart was right. His heart was in a place where he would do what it took. I'm gonna to get rid of the things I know I need to get rid of. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna dedicate some things I need to be just given to God fully. When you're walking with God, there's no enemy that's gonna pull you down. The Bible says what can separate us from the love of God? There's no height. There's no depth. There's no power. There's no principality. If God is for you, He could be against you. If God's on your side, you've got victory. But you've got more than victory. You're an overcomer. And God's going to give you some blessings at the end of your battle. God's going to enrich you with some things that you couldn't have got any other way. Oh, come on. Somebody, let's pray. Let's reach out to God right now. I want to serve you, God. I want to live for you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, that's it. God's got a purpose in the battle. I will seek you
1: in the
0: morning. Yes, God. Oh, I love you, God. Lord, here I am. said reach out to God God you are my God oh you're so good God you're so good somebody here tonight understands there's victory for you. There's victory. There's there's victory for a child of God. But can I just say there's a greater victory than what some are used to. A victory that carries a purpose. A victory that brings a spoil. Brings you to a better place. I know it's so hard When you're going through the battle, think about that. You just want the battle to be over. You just don't want the battle to be there. But God's got something for you to spoil the enemies. God's got something to bring you through better. If you'll let Him and recognize that He's got a purpose. Sometimes I I don't know what that purpose might be. I can't tell you just exactly what God is doing even sometimes in my own life, but you just yield to God and find you'll see yourself growing. You'll see yourself maturing in God. You'll see a better, stronger faith. You just let God work in it all. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, thank You for dedicated people. Thank You, Lord, for people that love Your truth and desire to to be just Holy, yours, God, walking in integrity, walking with a perfect heart before you, God. I ask you, please, just help us to keep our eyes on you and to continue to walk with you, to build up and strengthen our walk with you, Lord, during the times of peace and to trust you when the battles come. God, we ask you, just keep us safe when we travel from this place. and Use us, use us, Lord God, for your glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.